I was gonna start talking about it, but should I just start off with the introduction and talk about it after? Whatever floats your boat. Oh wait, hold on, I can just I have to hold on. Let me just answer this text and then I can put my phone down and then we can do this whole thing. I'm gonna be super thrown off by what day it is now. We're doing this not on a Sunday. I know, and like, sorry, hold on. Um ah! Hey there, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Be More Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Maria. And today we're actually going to be talking about Black Lives Matter, like officially, right? Um, So specifically, though, the documentary 13th is what we're going to just break down, I guess, because that that I think should be required for like high school education, honestly. It encompasses a lot of like root issues. Yeah, for sure. This is still a thing that's happening, even though it's like not trending anymore. Like, you know, there's still protests going on, even though the news isn't as like you know admin of showing it anymore when i rewatched, i mm-hmm. remember when it first came out because i remember it getting so much attention as a movie or as a documentary i remember the level of just like frustration that it evoked and and like the same time like we've had conversations already about like how the systems are broken period on this yeah. so like at the same time i was also not surprised which is even more unfortunate I think the most interesting thing about rewatching it is that, I mean, when did it come out originally? 2000, what? 6, 14? 14? No, 14. There were parts of it that I remembered watching that, like, like parts were so, so powerful that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know what I mean? Like, that oh, I'm sorry. 2016. Sorry. Sorry. It doesn't always, but still, four years. That doesn't always happen with something you watch. You know, like, there yeah. are, like, oh, I forgot that happened. But I remember, like, the, the voices and the people that came on, um, and mm-hmm. the stories that it told and the information that it shared. So I was like, it's very impactful. I super agree with you. I think it should become a requirement. Like if we're not going to teach what really happened, like for U.S. history, if we look back at like U.S. history, it's not actual history. It's the way that U.S. What U.S. wants history to be, or it's like the it's, it's just white, white yeah, man's history. So I'm gonna. How about I start off saying. 13th is about the 13th amendment like so i'm just gonna read what the 13th amendment is just in case people don't know what it is i guess right neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the united states or any place subject to their jurisdiction to break that down (laughs) in like common you know common terms basically there's no more slavery Unless you're a felon, like then you can be like a you can be like quote unquote a slave to uh, the U.S. You have to in you are enforced. Our forces pressed upon you to do a service for someone. Mm-hmm. Are if that is being like a form of fit punishment for your act of crime, essentially. Right, essentially, and uh, which is the most bullshit let's write in a loophole that is the loophole of all loopholes in the american history Um, right and i think that creates right there right there makes a huge statement on just law enforcement in this country period the biggest i mean i definitely want to get into all of your um my whole my whole spiel again (laughs) i'm happy that you you wrote stuff down because i remember watching it again and at the end of it i was like oh we're talking about this i probably should have which is why I was like, I have to write notes down because I'm going to forget the details. Um, I think the biggest thing for me yeah, in watching it, especially the first time, 
is just the relevance of perspective that it puts uh, like it puts you in on like a timeline because I think like off so often we talk about we'll talk about, especially the way we learn it we learn about like the disasters of the world like they happened such a long time ago like even kids probably hearing about like the World Trade Center and like everything that was happening then probably seems yeah. distant and that was such a long time ago um but I mm -hmm. Like we always learned about slavery, like it happened such a long time ago, and I love the way that movie puts it into perspective with like the timeline talking about like this really wasn't that long ago. When they put in like presidents' names and like yeah, oh, okay. all right. I hope that you're too. Also, I for super frustrated. Like we learned about the presidents incorrectly. Like it was the way that we learn American history is so biased. it just it, yeah it's just so bad like <laughs> like our history is only 300 years and like that's like nothing compared to like the east asian countries that they have to learn like um dynasties and like you know decades and centuries of like you know history but yeah. Every year that we, if I remember, like, American history, like, in high school, it's, like, the same five chapters over and over again, and I'm, like, what, like, there has to be more, and there is more, clearly, yeah. um, but, yeah, we can, we can go through, I guess, one by one are my bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> so the first, the first point Maria made, U.S. has about 10% of the entire world's population, but within our population, we hold 25% of the world's jailed population. Yeah. Which is two point million people. Yeah, the way they track, the way that blow just blew up over the last like 40, 50 years. Right, because uh, I think I think from the nineteen seventies, I think is what the the first decade started. It was like three hundred k. And here's my argument on this, right? If you can see that quote, that quote, and not think that there's something wrong with the law and order system in our country, like what, like what, what are you thinking? Not only your huh. Well, like, what are they thinking? Like, there's right. an empty head there. Right, but not only is that in and of itself, like, I mean, yeah. just the level of privilege, like, the level of privilege and, the, like, the disassociation that you have, but, yeah. like, you're, you're, you're not seeing, the, like, the facts, right? That's why I think I really liked this movie is because it's straight, like, it's all fact. Like, it, and it's, it's fact you can't argue with. Like, it's just. No, and also, also, she brought in both sides of the story like it's not like it's super biased towards like liberals or like you know the left like she had newt gingrich on there <laughs> like, like she had republicans and like people from like alec which we'll talk about later like it was that's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole documentary same, like, same that guy <laughs> like that guy just needed to just so, like you can't for someone that like watches this and is like and still doesn't see the issue like you can't because there's both sides sides of the story there and yet it still paints the same picture that this is still bad like this is yeah. still an issue i really i, I kind of i want to see birth of a nation but at the same time for educational purposes <laughs> right right um but at the same time i feel like i would just get so frustrated if you guys okay let's precedence this with saying if you haven't watched 13 like 13th like you you need to go watch it like because we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna break it down um yeah. But for people who are maybe have and you're like, oh, I remember watching that, but I don't remember what it was about. Um, they talk about a lot about like the foundation of what started to happen after, like, well, not even after, but like when, when people had set their intentions on the way that they thought, mm -hmm. the way they thought of black people, 
Yeah. The way they thought of the people, the the stereotype of what a, a black man was, was set. Mm-hmm. And then this movie, or like, it was like there, but not outright. Right, right. Like, And then this movie yeah. came out in 1915 called The Birth of a Nation. And it just straight up is all about white supremacy. And it's straight up about the Ku Klux Klan. Blatantly, like, like I, it, it, it really, it really was so uncomfortable, like just to watch those clips. Overwhelming, <laughs> and to what's really scary is you think about how not long ago that was. How many people went to see that movie and celebrated that movie, and then that movie created. It really just talks about like how how powerful pop culture is, but that movie like pushed people who like maybe like racist were like gonna be blatantly racist now because it was okay because of this movie right and and you know what got to me was when the documentary was like the kkk did not burn crosses until this movie and i was like that's insane like that's the power of like pop culture right which is so (laughs) sad it's just it's so sad for us as like like a a a race of people to like be that easily influenced which is why marketing is as successful as it is and media is as successful as it is period um but it's it's just unfortunate um and it that movie laid the foundation of what was to come right because it basically said the black male was like a terror to was bad was evil like that was the depiction literally and i got so uncomfortable with the black face i was like i'm uncomfortable just and it was like 10 second clips here and there. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. And then the, like the, like the comparisons that the outright just wrong information that it portrayed, but yeah. that it met, it met this like subconscious discomfort that the white general population had about the black population. And because right. of that, it allowed for like, a stereotype to become like a like a like a fact, right? Like people would say, like black men are are rapists, right? Yeah, like, like straight up, people. that's what that was. And that that whole it just and like the and when you look at the facts, right? And again, look at the facts of it. Like white men were raping black women more than white than black men were raping literally anybody. So right, it just it people see what they want to see. And then when you give them a movie, you give them a platform to stand on that is exactly- Well, that's power. They're going to run with it and they're going to fucking like crosses on fire. The part of it that is sad isn't like, isn't like people saw it and they're like, oh my God, this movie's so right. People like already thought this. Right, it just enforced that. Right, it just allowed them a place to step out. Like that's the part that is- it reinforced the Jim Crow laws. Right. That's the part that's more disgusting. It wasn't like they saw that, like, it wasn't like they, they had, they didn't, they had no understanding that the sky was blue, and then all of a sudden they saw the movie, they're like, oh my god, the sky is blue, this is great. Right. It was like, they went in already, like, on the DL, like, oh yeah, the sky's definitely blue, like, I definitely believe this, but I'm not gonna say anything. And then watching yeah. the movie, and was like, oh, well, now I can say the sky is blue. Like, like, a, you know, First Nation side, like, I think the Jim Crow laws were already in effect like right if i if i remember correctly which is basically a set of laws uh at the federal level that like basically gave people second class status is what i wrote like it enforced segregation between black people and i guess non-black people 
right? Because there had to be like other races in America. But basically, that was like, you know, um, separate water fountains, separate bathrooms, like all that stuff. Which, if you think about it, is literally, it's not even like maybe a century ago now, like a hundred years ago. That, that's like nothing. Late in transition from saying, you know, you're a slave and we have, we have ownership of you, period. Like there are no if, and, or buts to yeah. the very, like, the like the sly transition into like because there are there are parts where they started talking about the Jim Crow raw the wow words the Jim Crow laws um where people didn't even do anything wrong right and they were still starting to get arrested and they were still getting put in these camps there was that one that one clip of the guy just walking down the road and like a mob of white men just start pushing him I'm just like he didn't, he's not doing anything forward though also to what was happening in 2016 and the things that we still hear happening in 2016 where they they do the layover again at the end with the man yeah. and donald trump is saying how he would beat the shit out of them he would beat like the back in the day they would and beat the, the shit out of them the he was elected president and that's the thing that i think like we're now we're jumping literally to the end of the end of the documentary but that's the most uncomfortable part of it to me mm-hmm. is the words you're watching this video that's relevant to like then, right, when things were really happening and we, all of these massive changes were happening and people were just outright racist, right? Like, yeah. all the time. like flat out, like no, like no regard to anything, just. Right. And then you're taking the words of the man who is now the goddamn president and you're able to lay it over and it be on point. Uh, we don't have to get into the politics of this, but at the end of the day, if you can watch something like that and sit back and think, this is a good president. This is good that he does this. We have like our 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 issue as a country. Things are not going to get better. And I was kind of it's unfortunate, but I was kind of talking to like at the end. Dan actually watched it, rewatched it with me. And at the end, while you're watching it, it's so sad. But I was like, so what really needs to happen in this in order for like this to like be better is like. North American, like that area of South, like not North American, South America, but like the North and the South really just need to be separate. And like that, that's really how, like it, it, it seems like it has to be that extreme because the, the things that you still see happening, like these major, major acts of outright crime that are just being breezed over are so relevant in those areas still. There are still like outright KKK, there are still outright racists, there are still people out on the streets getting beat up like that man in that video, right? And that yeah. that video, or yeah. like killed, right? Worse, like outright murdered and like mm, frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. And I feel like the, the, the movie really talks about this. It's frustrating that we've come so far and still have gotten nowhere. So before we get into like the presidents and like the 70s to like 2010, basically, the documentary kind of talks about how as soon as the 13th Amendment gets passed or whatever and everyone becomes free they there's an influx of like black men in prison in the very beginning because um the south their economy was just powered by slavery and you know that was like the first influx of like mass incarceration if you will right. which i think is just crazy honestly it, it- and going back to kind of what we touched on before, it wasn't, it was not, it was nothing about crime. It was, oh, you're loitering? I'm yeah. going to pay you for something. Put you in jail. You're punished. Oh, yeah. you're, you're walking on the wrong side of the street? Oh, you're looking at, you're looking, there was, there was that, um, that little boy that got 
that story about the little boy who was like shot in the face because he was looking at a white woman? Yeah, Emmett Till. Yeah, like, what the hell? And then it goes into every president basically from every decade. So like Nixon in the 70s, that's apparently when mass incarceration starts because that's when he declared a war on crime. Uh, a war on crime. Yeah, a war on, yeah, a war on crime, which is like the law and order thing that even Donald Trump is like, that's part of his focus on his campaign is like, he's also the law and order president. Right. And that's where the, where the word criminal and like the, like criminal and black man were interchangeable, right? And like right. on the political level, that was never, like that was never outright said, but no, until like the Southern strategy. And it's what people came to understand and the people who believed that wanted to believe that black men were criminals ate that shit up literally because it appealed if i remember correctly this is when um nixon or maybe reagan i can't remember which of the two but they flipped the democrats into becoming like republicans like in the south which is you know his whole like war and crime law and order stuff happened and he also did like a rhetorical you know there's a war on drugs like their drug uh, that that whole level of discrimination also is that was crazy to me the whole the concept of the difference between crack and cocaine and that was that that was what was like sophistication of cocaine the resources that people have the ability like that that these the communities were left with right what resources do they have like it's not yeah. you were you're not saying like oh Black people are outward choosing crack because they have access to cocaine and they're just, they're just not as sophisticated. Like, that's not the narrative. <laughs> and if that's the narrative you're sending out, it's bull. Because yeah. people, you're talking about people who, you know, didn't have money and, like, were dealing with life and were getting constantly abused. And then you're talking about white people who, like, had a lot of money and wanted to waste their time. Like, you, there's no level of comparison and there's no ability to be able to say, like, crack is bad. It's okay <laughs> That part blows my mind. That part blows my mind every time. It also makes more sense to me as to why I feel like like cocaine is a is like a known drug. Like, and I feel like I spent I was in way too many experiences where like people would just be around me and they'd be like, "Oh, you like on coke?" And I'm like, "This isn't illegal. Like, how is this happening?" But it's been like this explains why when it comes to like the privileged white person, like. It, there's 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 laws, but they don't have the factor consequence. Right, because also when you think of cocaine, even like today, right? You think of cocaine and you think of rich people. Oh yeah, right? and that's always always been portrayed. It's always been like that in movies and just life and whatever in education. Um, cocaine was the the higher end drug, and crack was the whoever wants to try crack can basically because it's so affordable but what always gets to me is what basically what you said is like the implications and like this sentencing for these drugs are completely so like not even right like it's the same drug <laughs> you just smoke one or you snort one it's literally the same drug but what snorting is more sophisticated right whatever that means that's when like the mass incarceration of just like drug pushers users whatever of like crack started because like it was so accessible and that was like reagan's in the 80s like that's a literal war on drugs like low-level crimes like on drugs or whatever um we're all mostly i say in like urban black communities and that's like the heightened like mass incarceration 
is between Nixon and Reagan. What really just started the course for the hot mess that we're in now. Right, because in the 70s, again, um, the prison population was like 300,000 people, which even that number is so, I'm like, that's a lot of people. But then in 2014, it jumps to 2.3 million. But then let's talk about the the laws that become instated, right? Again, going into law and order, the laws that become instated that are maximum sentences for a minimum crime. And it's just- We didn't even get to Clinton yet, yeah. No, but it's, yeah, sorry. But it's just un- When you- Unfathomable. Because you, when you watch it through this documentary, you're like, this makes no fucking sense. Like, how is this possible that this happened? It just doesn't seem, it, it just- It ethically doesn't seem right. Wrong, it's like, how did this happen? Having a prison is one of the best ways to make money in our country, which is- yes. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, And like, I- I didn't even remember this from the first time I watched it, but how, like, prison workers are being, like, utilized to make massive products, like, products that we use. Yeah, like, um, and are um, not getting, like, it, how is that, you know, have you, did you watch, um, oh my gosh, did you watch the movie Sorry I Bothered You, or Sorry to Bother You? No. Okay. The idea of it is, like, Poor people who can't afford to live, who are mostly like people of color and like anybody who just like would live on the streets, um, yeah. who have a below average income or like mm-hmm. a certain amount of income, would like trade their lives away to go work and like be in, like an in house slave essentially um, and like work for a company for the rest of their life. Like one, their work, they would work for the company and then as like their pay, they would get to live like within the walls of the company. Oh, I see, I see. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on, so, like, watch it, but just prepare you the best I can, but I don't know how to prepare you. Um, I feel like that's what, (laughs) like, the the corporations of America want America to be. Sounds about right. The big ones, right? Like, Amazon and, like, Walmart and... Right, like, they, and and Amazon's already halfway there. Like, I, I feel like they... We see that separation, this is super off topic, but not really. Like they see the continued separation between like the classes, right? And they're gonna keep pushing so that whoever's uh, below has to get for, like if you can't afford to live or whatever, whatever, you're gonna get forced into a situation where you don't have a choice. You have to sacrifice your freedoms and then- Crime, yeah, they resort to crime. Right, we're gonna, you're gonna be in a situation that's unfortunate. You're gonna do something wrong. We're gonna take advantage of it. And then you're gonna be a slave for the rest of your life. And Literally, I, that's that's exactly what's happening in like the presidencies, like or just like Jim Crow laws. It's just like right, like the, they're getting richer, and we want to stay rich and keep getting richer. How can we, I guess, manipulate the poor, you know, and see if we can get almost free labor from them, so we don't have to pay them, so that their paychecks go into our paychecks, you know. I, well, I think one of my favorite things about the documentary too is that it, it talks about how like ironic we are as a country like we say degree, but like <coughs> population is incarcerated like that is and then like and then you have the nerve to get frustrated about people taking a knee with the american flag like you uh, this is gonna sound terrible but you need to people need to wake the hell up people need to like it's a flag we have we have so many freedoms like we are very fortunate to even be able to do this and have this conversation i'll say we're fortunate enough to have this conversation and post it on the internet (laughs) day if you're not aware of like 
the microaggressions in a million different ways that come out of trying to take away our freedom. Like even with the coronavirus, like with whatever's going on with that, we've talked about this too. Like you give people a freedom and then you try to police that freedom. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to be, let's be real honest, the whole issue of how, like why we're talking about Black Lives Matter is because people never got the freedom, but then we're told they did. So- right. They, they told these people to wait, wait and right. wait. So it's like, how, how do you not see the, like the Wizard of Oz? The, injust- the injustices that they faced for 400 years? I don't know. And how people have such a hard time. You can have, I have lots of pride in what our country could be. Like I, yeah. I could see America being great because of all of the, like the freedoms that we, we have. But until we all actually have those, like have those freedoms, not have those freedoms, like we're not going to get there. No, and I think I, I, I think it's because there's like no accountability for like our our government. Like it's our it's definitely our country. It's not the government's country. Like it's we the fucking people. Like it's it's basic civics one hundred and one. But it's like it's like a parent, right? It's like an like yeah. a saying like I'm gonna give you the keys but I don't actually want you to drive the car mm-hmm. like it it's the it's we're gonna say all the right things and make it look right but behind the like we're gonna be pulling all the strings on everything still it's just it's manipulation like there's no other there's no there's other, no other way around it like, that's the best explanation for it. it's manipulation we just get mm-hmm. manipulated because we really don't know what's going on behind the scenes like and we just get told whatever whatever we get told and we have to believe it and like if the people are really the ones who are overseeing the country we should see literally everything that's going on all the time now mind you are people going to want to engage in that no but like it's just you can't you can't have a fucking goose egg and call it a chicken like you can't do that and it's just that level of ignorance and like that blatant oh wow again that blatant tolerance of it continuing to happen is is why we get into these situations where People just don't understand. Taking advantage of and other yeah, people, people just don't understand. Well, people just don't understand because they're privileged. They don't see it's like white privilege. People don't see their whiteness. They don't see beyond their individual self. Instead, they should be seeing like the community, which is what this whole country is kind of based off of. Is like you know, the people, like all of us, not just a person. Like everything about this is wrong. Like the whole system is just wrong. <laughs> It's just so frustrating. Especially with the police aspect, right? I think if you have (coughs) someone that is a police officer that you respect that's close to you, that's in your family, you take it as a dig at, like, there. Like, I have, okay, so I have a friend, or a couple friends that are in law enforcement. Like, the people that I know that are in law enforcement, I can see their frustration. Like, I see their side. Like, it's, because it's not t- it's not them as an individual that's the problem it's the system and they and i've talked to them and like they know it's a system failure but they're also frustrated because like people are going attacking them personally like when it's like a whole like it's so ingrained to their police system that they can't do anything as an individual to change that and i know they're doing a good job like i know them as people and like i know that they're not the problem but they're part of the problem you know like it's such 
it's a lot. Like, I get it. Like, I get the frustrations from some police, but for the police that have outright been racist and, like, have done above and beyond what they're supposed to do, that is a system failure. That's clear. That's evident, obviously. What I think is unfortunate is that, and why it kind of, it, like, smears for every, like, for all police officers is that no good deed, no good acts as a police officer by any individual or even multiple individuals can can to write the system and right, yeah to right the wrong of the overall system especially when you look at the the history of why it came to be like and it's and it's 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 just it's people take it so personally because it's they relate it to like someone that they love or it's their job and something they're passionate about and you again the manipulation right you can love wanting to care for people and wanting to be a hero and like and and wanting to save people like that is like this the way we see police officers is that the reality of what their system has been developed to be no it's just not it's mm -hmm. not they weren't they weren't created to protect and they weren't created to protect and serve. They were created to separate and punish. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's evident when you look at this documentary, it's, it's the system that we're mad at. It's not the individual people, even though they, some of them aid to the system that they're a part of. But again, I think I really, I see it as another like level of manipulation, right? You're, Mm -hmm. You're told like you and you can't if the tree that produces the apple is rotten. Yeah, I'll, I'll right. Yeah. Like you can't you can't <laughs> you can get a not like rotten apple from like a terribly like rotted tree. Like that's just not how it works. I don't think so. I was talking to I was talking to a couple of my friends or whatever that are in law enforcement and there's like no underlying basis of policing. That's I think the issue. Like, there's no foundation of how, like, jurisdictions and, like, you know, they all probably have some, obviously, they all have some form of, like, book or, like, how to deal with things or whatever, but on a federal level, I don't think there's a basis of how you should police, well, you know? Well, get it, right? When, when like, the idea, the concept of policing came to be, it was never at a federal level, wasn't it? Always, it started out as, like, a community, right? It has to be, like, per state, yeah. I mean, because the federal, if you think of, I guess, federal policing, I guess that's the military. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Anything and also, can I just, can I just say, like, the Central Park Five is part of this whole policing issue, too? Do you know about them? The five kids that were accused? Yeah, they were, like, 16. They were, like, underage children. And there's a good um, dramatization, like, series, like, a limited series, like, when, called When They See Us, about the Central Park Five. I got through halfway the first episode and I had to stop watching. It was so, like, I was so mad the way that they were. Obviously, this is a drama station, but, like, you know, the whole sentiment is still the same, but they just picked random five kids. I was like, you did it. That's it. We're, you did it, like, for sure. And they're all Black children. They were literally, I think one of them was, like, 12 or something. It was, like, so, they were so young, and they, like, made them, like, confess that they did it, even though they were, like, I don't know anything. I wasn't there. Like, um, like, 
we were just there having fun like we had nothing to do with, like who was this woman but like they switched it and manipulated their words into saying that they did it and like I just I just it's mind-boggling just the level the fact that um oh my god there's so there's so many things to talk about um just the <laughs> Like interrogation tactics are things that police officers practice is and like okay, so I understand if you're gonna use like those practices on like a criminal mastermind, but like using that on like the average person is abuse. Yeah. Uh, using yeah. that on a sixteen year old is like using that on minors. Right. Is like a I don't whatever the step past that would be. But yeah. it's just that and that's like that level of standardization right there should be a common practice that you use because then you put somebody under stress like they're not gonna think clearly like you're they're they just want to go home they're just like yeah sure if if you tell me i did it will make me go home after being here for 48 hours with no food fine i'll fucking say i did it like that whole process in itself like knowing your rights like if it cannot hold you for more than 48 hours so they're gonna try to get something out of you so if you can literally just deal with being there for 48 hours right like the that's another thing too why are we not taught our rights we're taught our rights in passing it's like we have Miranda rights here are the Miranda rights but Period. it's we're not like these are things these are things that I wish as a teenager like I feel like that's the time that we should be learning these things right because this is the time when we're stepping into it you know this is also a system failure of the education system I know but it's just that's still <laughs> because the more people were able to like under like to understand how they're being manipulated the the less that this would have like these ugh. yeah it's it's all a system of failure okay wait, let's keep going because we have so many more things that we want to talk about i know there's so many more bullets um after central park five i put this like it was a little thing with the first george bush his father george bush and his campaign apparently he was losing until this whole ad happened with Willie Horton, which um, ultimately made him the president because he was more in favor of jailing. Um, it, the documentary literally says jailing such criminals without actually saying black. Right. That, that, right. This is what I was talking about before, right? Where that, that not outright said, like, switch between criminal and black. Right. Because um, I don't remember who went against first Bush, but um, his Democratic opponent, opponent was like pro letting criminals go home for the weekend, you know, with like obviously restrictions, but like, and then Bush was like, and then I guess the campaign, that campaign ad was like, would you want someone and like put this guy's face on the TV screen, be like, would you want this person to be out like over the weekend, knowing that he was a criminal? And the thing is like these, these, campaigns they are advertisements they are marketing they are based on effing with your psychology and trying to manipulate you again i just watched one the other day that uh, was a Trump campaign that like talked about something about biden about his how he's been wrong for and it's just a it's just un, it's unbelievable it's like it's a grown adult pissing contest and it's happening like to the future of our country and it's affecting people and i'm watching it as an ad on my tv and i'm thinking to myself what the fuck is going on right now well this is a, this is the two-party system this is also a system another political system failure is that we're so 
heavily two party now. So like forget a third party going into like an independent or libertarian or like Green Party, blah, blah, forget it. Like they don't have a chance, unfortunately, in the presidential realm. But because it's either or, like Democratic or Republican, they can attack the shit out of their opponent. I don't want anybody to lead my country that's gonna do that. Like I don't understand. The Politics. Need- the need for those there's a word for that tactic I can't think about what it's called right now but the need to do that if you're willing to do that to somebody that like is running against you what will you be willing to do to the people who don't agree with what you're doing as president well if you this is not American politics this is Philippine politics but um the president over there jails everyone (laughs) he's like you're wrong and he just puts him in jail or like it's bad and so it could go to that extreme government classified as in the philippines it's based off american politics when they took over but we don't have they don't have a two-party system over there it's um it's very multi-party so it's like anyone outside of his party realm okay so it's it's based off the american political system for the most part (laughs) From my understanding of Filipino politics, <laughs> which is a whole different thing that I could go into, but like <laughs> that's another day. But as an example, it could lead to that. But I also am very an advocate for American politics, anyway, because I know we won't get to that point. Because I know we do, like our Supreme Court is very just and they do their shit correctly. The, so does Congress. So if the executive branch, like the checks and balance system that we have here is still very strong. So I don't think it'll ever get to that. But it's just something was essentially modeled off of what we have and that was the end. The Philippines has a lot of, there's a lot of things going on right now in the Philippines and like uh, corruption over there in the political sphere is just like so transparent. It's not even like funny. (laughs) And then, okay, so let's go in, let's talk Let's keep going. So now we're going to Clinton. Just, oh. So Clinton, um, so they figured out because they lost the last three elections, they couldn't, the Democrats were like, they couldn't be soft on crime anymore. So when Clinton got um, elected as president, he did this whole three strikes and out rule, which I think is insane. So if you're convicted of like three felonies or like three major crimes, or whatever, like you're in jail for life. <laughs> I think is what that means. And then in 1994, there's a $30 billion crime bill. And now when Hillary was, when she was running in 2016, yeah, he admits that that was a mistake, that he probably shouldn't have done that as president. Because he, he literally said that was the point that allowed so much to happen. It's not enough to say this was a mistake. Do something about it to correct it. Politics is all about when something outright, like when you get up against the wall and you have to say something was wrong is the only time when people will admit that something is wrong but at the end of the day it's like oh i admit it and then like people are like oh okay like effing do something about it like where did that money go i don't know but i mean well it went to corporations and prisons (laughs) probably and police and the police fund obviously at a point now where it's and I mean I think the protests and all of the, the the changes and the social justices that are happening right now are definitely relevant to this but we are at a point right now where saying you're sorry is like you might no, as well okay. kick back at somebody like that's not a fucking that's not enough 
I remember, I don't remember who it was, but I remember when I was younger, I think it was a teacher that I had, that when we would say we were sorry, they'd be like, I don't need your Tic Tacs. Like, you can keep your Tic Tacs. Like, the only way that you're going to, that you can, the only way that you're going to show that you're sorry is by doing something to make it better. Right. Exactly. Because actions speak louder than words. Like, the political Tic Tacs of, like, Peter, you get an apology and you get it. Like, we're Oprah and... Right. And it's like, that doesn't, like, it doesn't matter because you are, if you, if you think about it, if, if the bill that you passed had that much of a, of an influence, had that much power, and you're just saying, I'm sorry, like, it, it doesn't, those, those things don't, that's not good enough. That's just not good enough. And I don't know what the answer is and what has to be done, but like something, it's not my responsibility to figure it out at the same time too. No. And like, honestly, hold on, I'm looking up the crime bill and what, yeah, what Clinton said about it. Basically, there's a little little thing here saying we cannot take, and this is Clinton. We cannot take our country back until we take our neighborhoods back. Um, I want to, I want to use it to unite America. I want to be tough on crime and good for civil rights. You can't have civil justice without order and safety. See, I think that becomes a staple of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. That whole action of law and order, of like needing to have law and order made it seem like we were constantly in a state of chaos which we weren't like like when was like the state of chaos like in america besides the civil war like i don't like i'm saying like people like the fear-mongering again like the manipulation of saying like the country can't be trusted like this is an evil person and that's an evil we have to face and that's an evil we have to face and we can't do it on our own like we have to have law and order and we have to create a system that can can check it like people, pump these funds into other sectors. The overall statement of claiming, like that's that's what I see it claiming, right? If you're claiming that for decades that we are so distraught and we are so chaotic and that we have all of these evils in this country that need to be maintained, that we need law and order. Like you're saying that the people of this country cannot be trusted to oversee themselves. And that's right. really the opposite of what this country is like it's so hypocritical and it's just I really feel like people when you tap fear is the most direct way to get a result from somebody to get a response yeah, absolutely act in a way that you want them to act is by making them afraid and our government is so good at that to the point of where and I love how this documentary brought that up too to the point of where you have black people talking about from a black perspective saying, I'm afraid of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were they they were saying how the moms of like the black moms were afraid for their children, like of all they, of them. Yeah. Or they saw their children as like as criminals. And that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking. Because like yeah. you're planting that seed, what unconsciously put people are accepting that. And then that's creating exactly what you want to happen. It really, it really feels just. It just feels wrong. Going on your fear thing. Um, my next bullet, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, the Black Panthers, and Angela Davis were all in the FBI most wanted or most dangerous list. Like that's, that's fear right there. Like putting fear on these people's names. I love. I love love Angela Davis. I know. (laughs) And that I loved it. Not only is that a moment that they had of like her being able to talk now, but like her recording and her response, mm-hmm. the, the ability to, but again, right? Like the fact that the person who's interviewing her, um, yeah, back in the day, 
people to say like, oh, how did you get away with it? Like, did you use violence? Like, if they were able to say those words, like just to like perpetuate a stereotype and then her to be able to turn around and say, you no. really are so ignorant. You have no idea what it's like to be a black person in this country if that's how you're coming at me. Literally. I thought that I love that they got that on record. Like I love that that will forever be a captured moment in time, um, because I think it very clearly demonstrates just the terrible stereotype, and it very clearly demonstrates, you know, just the like the reality. Just the reality that like people are so blind to what Black America has been facing for the past century. Lack of empathy. It's a lack of. It's that like that segregation. I think the whole point of segregation was to create that because and I it clearly man it's clearly still like apparent that it's still that maybe part of me just doesn't want to believe this I don't think so okay let's talk about in the 13 in 13 where they you see people getting like just blatantly attacked and you see um like mm-hmm. the, the the gas bombings and the water hosing like as a human being this is something that also we talk about in this all, this show all the time as a yeah. human being, there's no way that you can be in touch with your your sense of humanity and watch that and be okay with it. It's just it's just not unless unless that's been like that's been molded into you, right? Unless you've been told that there's some reason to believe that somebody else is bad or that you're for some reason you're better and that people are deserving of that. Like I can't even imagine. Don't Mm-hmm. I can't see a justification in saying that it's just the way it is. Like, we, and it has been for years. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to be this way for years on end. You know, if it's wrong, it feels wrong. It should feel wrong. Like, it's this, it's there's parallels to like you know, just to like have white America, um, I guess, empathize. Like this, like it should feel like like these Confederate flags and Confederate statues being you know, tossed and, like, whatever and, like, taken down now, like, in Germany, like, they don't have, like, Hitler and Nazi, like, <laughs> like, memorial, like, memorials or whatever, right? Um, so I think, like, I don't know, it's just such, because if you think about the Confederacy, right, because this is, like, the core, the core thing that people hold on to, it was only, like, five years or something, like, that's not your history. Like, the Confederate flag and the, the Civil War being the South, like, how is the five years defining of, like, all 400 years that America was founded on, right? Like, like Germany, just to reiterate, Germany does not, like, they hated that part of their history. The fact that America, part of America, part, you know, people, some people in America want to claim the Confederacy as part of their history is insane to me. Like, what other thing that's so well-known do people of the South have some, like, the ability to hold on to? You know what I mean? Oh, like, I don't know. South made on the country. And yeah. that you can say, like, that if you have pride in the Confederacy, then you're showing that you have pride in the South because that was the, look at the massive impact that the South made on our country. Like, that. And then they got mauled by the Union anyway. So, like. <laughs> that is the, uh, this is, again, my hope would be that you're not waving around the Confederate flag because you're like, I think slavery should be, still be here. But my, my rationalization for that would be, you know, this was the only blip in time where we were seen and we were able to do something. 
And but also, I think they should be cognizant of why this is a bad symbol. Like, like just all forms of act up, but that's the only way that it would make sense to me. I get that. But again, you should be cognizant of why this is a bad symbol for, for your, for the black community. And they were there against their will and you held them against your will and you still want to hold them against their will during the civil war. Like, and then right after you did it again through crime, like, like simple. I just, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. There, and then they go on and say like, why can't these people be like Martin Luther King Jr. and super peaceful? You shot him. Like he was peaceful enough. You also shot the Black Panthers in their homes while they were sleeping. Like can talk about with like with that with like the and his wife like his wife and his was pregnant then you shot Emmett Till and like drowned him in the freaking river for like not even doing anything but looking at a white woman you lynched a guy like a week ahead and a half ago oh my god all these lynchings that are happening right now just no I was gonna say it's frustrating for um a person of color like myself to see this happen um and also, it's probably this, it's very similar to every other non-Black person. Like, you, I don't understand, but I can feel a part of it for being, like, a person of color, like, their struggles, but, like, their struggles have been centuries. <laughs> and, like, it's so frustrating for me to see people that are still so blind to this. It wasn't, like, a, like, a throw of cards and see where they land. It was, like, all organized for it to be yeah. Like over the years, like it's it was built to be that. Like it was built for this, for that level of oppression. It was built on that. Um, and I, I I can't believe like the images of like the lynchings that happened like are documented and like in this documentary and like Emmett Till's face like and his mother saying like no I want an open casket so that everyone knows what the hell happened to my son. Like if that doesn't make you uncomfortable and say like this is wrong. And like still have an argument for like our system. Like I don't I don't I don't know how to help you <laughs> right now. What makes me so sad is it it was so relevant and evident then and nothing is different. Systemic the impact, yeah. If anything it's worse, I feel like. Um what how? You know? I, I, you can argue that it's worse because the lynchings that happened like a couple weeks ago in California, wherever, I think it was California. the system called it a suicide. Like who, like, I'm sorry. What? First of all, how? And like, no. <laughs> it's like, well, no, just, I don't think so. And also like, it's also like a, like the George Zimmerman case. I'm going down the line still. The stand your ground law in Florida, like that, like that's also a system failure. Like, yes, there's a law in Florida for this, like you have to stand your ground and feel threatened. But like also the premise of that whole Trayvon Martin case was that he followed Trayvon. Like he followed the kid, like, and then decided to just, I, so like <laughs> even that, when that case blew up, 
I don't know. It's just so frustrating to think about again that he got away with that. It's still based in privilege. Yeah, absolutely. It's still based. George in Zimmerman. Is, he, he was. He was. On, I mean, he was told. He was even told not to fucking per, like. Yeah, the nine one one like person was like, "Don't follow him." You were a. You were. Is he even white? Yeah. Right. He might be white passing. I don't. Uh, I don't know what his background is, but he's white passing. I mean, you see him, you're like, you think he's white. You're uncomfortable. You went against what we were. You were told to do, and you're still okay because you were uncomfortable. Like that. He's, he's white passing. He his mother is Peruvian. Like that. That's what it comes down to, right? And that like that goes back to the same thing as the cocaine, right? Like you did something. You did something you weren't supposed to, but it's fine because you're white. Or white passing. Whatever. Like, it's fine because it's fine because the person of color made you uncomfortable. And it comes, that's a lot, that's how I feel. Like, okay, so like, that's how I feel about Alec, too. So Alec, for people, um, it's like a coalition between, like, politicians and corporations so that the corporations kind of get the politicians to, like, pass laws in their favor. So, like, the stand your ground law in uh, Florida was yeah, from Alec. But Alec also has privately owned prisons, which are run like a business. <laughs> so AKA, they need prisoners in there all times, which is insane. Insane there's to me. So many, there's so many things to like unpack. But that's another thing, right? Like you have yet another hand in the pot, right? And it's not the hand of the people, it's the hand of the, the wealthy people. So like I love that one guy, I guess he was a senator or a congressman or whatever, and it, he got a bill from Alec, but forgot to take out the header, like the little thing. Like, <laughs> and the other, I guess the other senator, whoever that was um, arguing with him for this bill was like, is this an Alec bill? And the guy was like, this is not relevant to whatever we're talking about. He's like, but I looked and there's a header here and it says Alec. So like, is this an Alec bill? Like, that's crazy to me. Just, it makes it so easy for politicians to just pass bills because Alec literally writes it. And you just have to like defend it. They literally have no concept of what they're, they're being, they're pretty much like, they're being hookers. This is the way I see it, right? <laughs> they're standing on the corner waiting for their money. And in return, they're going to walk around and just pass on a bill and not know what they're doing. Like not give a shit about what the bill is. Like that level of manipulation alone, like that is a level of manipulation that our entire system is built off of. Whoever has the money to pass it from hand to hand is going to be the person who has the, the say at the end of it. When you look at the American system as a whole, you don't see that corruption. It's just very buried deep and within lobbyists and like all these coalitions and all these committees. But I think it's it's crazy just to like circle back to like 13th like and the whole prison system. Like they have privately owned prisons. They, they have privately owned prisons. And also... If I remember correctly, also, like, during the Clinton era, maybe, or maybe recent, like, more recent, they took away parole. Do you remember the whole, like, little snippet? I was like, we don't have parole in this country? Like, I have to Google that right now. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. That, what you wrote next is the thing that I was thinking about. Um, like, even if you go in uh, with the, the court system, right, that, like, you've taken away the judge's actual role when you put people in a manipulative situation where you tell them like, if they don't, you, like, I remember, so full disclosure, I remember when I was like 19, I got a ticket for underage drinking. Did you know mm -hmm. that? No. No. Okay. I got a ticket for underage drinking. And 
I remember, first of all, the best part about this whole situation is that I wasn't even drinking, which is the, the greatest part. Um, not relevant, but still also funny. And also had a not good interaction with a police officer in that moment where I was like physically manhandled and abused and was, and like pushed into a car, like really just not okay. All of it was not okay. Um, right. So I remember being in that situation and, and like the, you can plead guilty, right? But the pressure comes on you when it's like, if you don't plead guilty and you choose to go to trial, it's going to be so much worse. Yeah. Like that's how they frame it. That's the level of psychological manipulation that you're, if you choose to, to go in front of your peers, they're going to see you as, or the, you're going to get the worst of it. You should just plead. And then you end up dealing with these like mandated sentences. All of it is, it's just unbelievable. Like, I feel like I'm going to say that all, it's unbelievable. And then at the end of the day, if you plead guilty and you don't have the, like, you're in a situation where you don't have the funds, right? Or it's a situation where you plead guilty to something. Like, who was the, who was the, um, what's the name of the kid that, that got arrested and then he was, got out and he ended up killing himself? Yeah, he didn't take the plea bargain. And that was how the story became relevant. Because he, he said, like, I'm not guilty. I'm not going to take this. And then yeah. getting, put in, uh, getting put in prison anyway. He wouldn't even, they wouldn't even let him post bail. Got beat. Because yep, it was so high. Bail was so high. like $10,000 something. And then finally got out and was so emotionally distressed that ended up killing himself. Yeah, because throw them into a system of just solitary confinement. And just, like, that's a system that's supposed to break you within 30 days. And he's there for years and finally gets freed and it's just like how do you revert back to normal right like a normal society after being going through abuse that you weren't like weren't supposed to be there to begin with Khalif Browder is the guy's name okay Angela Davis first and go back to Khalif um the level of just intelligence the way that she approached everything see like so my the question that I have is what set her apart to still be alive like what did she do during her conviction that right like like martin luther king right martin luther king that she also you also notice that they just killed black men like rosa parks wasn't killed right and she was prominent in that civil rights movement right being like she's one of the few that we learn about in school yeah. Even though apparently she based her sitting in front of the bus um, from another black woman that did it month before her. But right. we learned about her because she made the most impact. But she didn't get killed. Angela Davis didn't get killed. Martin Luther King, Ma- Malcolm X, Black Panthers, they all got killed. So, and I think um, the women that were convicted are like, you know, they were either fled. I think one of them fled to Cuba. Yeah. I think that, right? And then, mm-hmm. or Angel Davis just got off, which I want to see, like, her court tapes <laughs> so badly. Um, but, yeah, it raises the question, too, of, like, at the end of the day, though, right, like, so let's go, like, back, back, when, when the Jim Crow laws were first enacted, like, if there was, men and women were both being arrested, right? Like, there was no yeah. big separation in that, but keep pushing forward, the black man is the one that's villainized, so is, is there a, sake, uh, like, a, uh, a level of saying it's okay to like the the black man is the villain and the women are just is it because women are women like there's still a layer like there's still a layer of like 
Interesting. Your gender, like, okay, women and children, like, okay, there's women, so they have a purpose, which is to bear children. Like, you know, is there, like, a psychological layer that people, like... I wonder if that could be just argumented in general, right? Like, we... Like, I don't think anyone wants to murder a woman. Like, I think there's still, like, that psychological level of, like, men and women. Like, I think, you know, like, because, like, what stopped someone from killing Rosa Parks and Angel Davis if they were such, if they were such, like, FBI's most wanted, just like MLK? Like, the women aren't as much of a threat. Right. Like, what what is, what are they going to do? What? Talk about women being a threat. Okay. So... Candace Owens. Oh my god, Candace Owens. Wait, but also back up, Khalif Browder was the person we were talking about. Oh yeah, sorry. Poor, poor guy. He was only 22 when he killed himself. His baby. He was, he was a child, but, um, that, that whole story was awful. Like, he didn't do anything. And, like, going back to, like, the system, like, if he didn't plea bargain, and it, I think the statistic, I think I wrote that right, I was like 97, it said 97% of people in jail have plea bargained and haven't gone to trial. They just was like, all right, just throw me in jail. I'll come out and then this can end. But if everyone wanted a trial, I say like the system would be fucked. Oh yeah. Like you don't have that many judges. You don't have that many juries to like just plow through all these cases. Yeah. But that's the amount of, that's like mass incarceration just in a sentence. Like we're going to give you a plea bargain because like if, if you don't take it, you're going to go to trial and this can be years of your life just like thrown down that's the thing too so much we say that you're guilty you're innocent until proven guilty right (laughs) guilty and proven is that that, that's the saying i don't even know it doesn't seem relevant it doesn't seem like it's real life anymore um but now it's you don't even get the point to get there like you are judges don't even have our justice system is based on that but people aren't even getting there there's so much like pre-screening that's happening that's really becoming what our end mean of law and order means and it's not even, it's not even the truth. It's not what we're being told we have access to isn't even what's happening. So yeah. that, again, lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the prison system is fucked. Um, also just the last thing on the 13th, well, before we go to Candace Owens, <laughs> I put, um, there's the new Jim Crow laws that actually is a book by one of the people that is interviewed on this um, documentary, but Basically, this relates to people that have been jailed and, like, criminals now. Just any criminal. Like, you know, after you leave jail, your citizenship becomes second class again. Just, like, segregation. Like, you can't vote. Um, And getting jobs is, like, just damn near impossible. So, um, one can argue, like, being a criminal is, like, um, segregates you from just society again. So. Which is what ends ends you up back in the system. And that's exactly what they want. Right. So that's 13th <laughs> in like an hour. <laughs> the thir- 13th is the system is effed and it's gotten so big that whatever they, do. they get what they want. I think it's so big that you don't know what to do now. As a nation, like you put all these people in there without any means of like um, getting them back into the society. Like you would just put them in there and then you just take them out thinking sure. that they're and that, that's, that's the thing too that I think we don't talk about enough is that like people are not getting treated for the actual issues like their mental states are not being treated so if anything you're creating more actual criminals and actual safety risks by keeping people incarcerated than you are by actually rehabilitating them but 
those companies aren't making money by rehabilitating them and sending them back into the economy, which is kind of ironic because I feel like if we actually let those people be people and be citizens, I'm sure that our economy would be in a better state. I mean, yeah, one could argue, yes. <laughs> but the priorities of corporate America and the priorities of like things like Alec aren't there. It's it's uh, cheap labor is what they need. So Candace Owens, <laughs> Candace Owens is a black woman who I think is, it seems like she's conservative. And it's a political commentator. I think she outright says that she's conservative. Yeah. Um, she, I don't know what news outlet she's part of. Ah, but so. <laughs> I would assume so. But I don't want to assume. <laughs> it, it resonates well. And it's <laughs> with. <laughs> um, but she's put out this YouTube video. It's a Facebook Live. That's so right, that's uploaded to YouTube. And got put on YouTube. And so I saw this. My little sister, the one that's in high school, saw it on Snapchat. <laughs> Her classmates posted it and was like, oh, this seems like a great resource for what's going on right now. Like, I think they were pro this. And these are 16-year-olds. Uh, what, were they white 16-year-olds? Oh, I think one of them's Filipino. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And also the other one, I guess she's always white. So this whole thing, just to, I guess, summarize it, is that she, number one, doesn't think George Floyd is a martyr. Number two, thinks that um, police brutality is, like, fake, I think, is her argument. And number three, goes on about black-on-black crime yeah, compared she blamed, to black-on-white. Yeah, she blamed black crime. culture. Correct. Like, that's essentially what she did. She blamed black culture for everything. She blames her culture, and she says... The problem, I think, I don't want to say verbatim, but, like, if I remember correctly, because I didn't watch this again, because it just infuriated me to no degree. Like, it was just crazy to me. She, she says our culture is why this is all happening. Like, she, she identifies as, obviously, a Black person, um, but she also blames her Black peers for everything. And not the system. She instead blames the people. So, the, our, what I wrote down is still what I believe. Because yeah. I, and, and this is based off my experiences and I'm relating it, like I'm assimilating it to her because of the way she's, like just the way she came off. Um, yeah. It 100% seems like she is resentful because she wasn't accepted in her own, that's how it seemed, that's how she, the way that she spoke about it, the way, then like the level of defensiveness that she came off and the level of wanting to separate herself. Yeah. Like that she either wasn't accepted or she didn't believe like that she, I like, okay. So, and the way that I say this, and this is not related to race at all, but like the way that I would speak about Catholicism was like exactly how she's, how she spoke like that. That's that. Cause I, I was shunned by like Catholic communities for having a Jewish father and, and for whatever, like, the way that she spoke just sounded like it was coming from, like, that level of, I was hurt, and now I'm just going to be, like, ignorant. Like, yeah, now I'm going to be just mad. I, I honestly did not like her whole argument with George Floyd. I don't think anyone is calling him a martyr. Like, I don't think, I don't think martyr is the right word. I don't think she knows, does she even know what martyr means, but I think he was a catalyst to what happened. I don't think anyone's going around saying, he died for this. 
like a martyr is someone that died for or sacrificed his or her life for a cause he didn't want to sacrifice right we didn't he didn't want to sacrifice any of his life he didn't like he had no choice but to like you know like he he was fighting for his life <laughs> like he wanted to live i don't think her whole thing with like um calling any of those people that got murdered martyrs like i don't think that was correct politically just in general like linguistically was not right like it was just not right like they were catalysts to these movements like the black lives matter movement is what had happened to them like we're saying his name because like you shouldn't forget about him or any of the people like trayvon martin like anyone like anyone they weren't martyrs i think that that's the the truth but i think that his name could have been replaced with any other name it was it was a a level of timing i really think it was a level of timing because he wasn't the first he clearly hasn't been the last it was just a level of timing so with his yeah it was just everyone's so fed up with the administration um the system um with the administration concerning covid like everything like everyone's just so fed up I can understand saying, I don't want you to make a hero out of somebody who was a criminal. I can understand her saying that. But at the okay. same time, if you look back at the, the situations of the whole conversation that we just had about how regardless he was going to be seen as a criminal, like that, you know what I mean? Like that, and like, that's why, that's why I feel like she only has the ability to come from this platform because of George Floyd's past. Because if it was any other, like somebody who had been uh, had been killed that became uh, that timing line and it was their name and they weren't somebody who was a criminal then you can't turn around and say like it's the crim- it's our it's our culture's fault because we we honor all of these criminals like it i i feel like she just also, yeah did she speak about any of the other issues like about any of the other murders of any of the other black men or any of the other black people like no i, I think he she just mentioned like okay eric gardner when he got killed and he sparked the I can't breathe motion like that whole thing um I think actually on 13th they actually talked about him saying how like one of his last like few words was like why are you guys like after me every day like always like why are you always after me like he already had the reputation of being a criminal she pointed out what she wanted to point out that was an issue and just got on her box about it I think she totally missed the point in saying like addressing the actual issues with like what opportunities are available to people and like the the statistics that she throws out were just fucking just un- the statistics that and- she threw out were not they were comparing like apples to oranges at one point i was like you're not comparing the same thing all over the place in a way i almost kind of felt bad for her to be so disconnected to what's happening as a part of that community i feel bad for anyone like that if you are raised in a different way, right? If you're not, if you're not in with like the common experience of, I guess, I, like I don't even know how to speak to this. Like she seems super disassociated from like what black culture really is, and like from her own culture, and just feels the need to be able to say like, well, look at me, I'm getting along just fine, and if you can't do it, it's your own fault, and you're the reason why you make all the rest of us have such a hard time. That's the way she came out. Yeah. You make all of you make all the the black people who do the right thing look bad because we are still black and everyone else is doing this and it's like that is so not like that doesn't make it when you look back at the way that the country has been shaped against black communities that literally makes no fucking sense like you're you're creating part of the problem you're just stirring up like the pot, 
disagreement within your own community. Like you're stirring up the issues within your own communities. I just didn't like how she brought up his criminal history, like George Floyd. I don't, I get it. Like I, what, but I get that he had a history, but what is, why is that relevant to why he died? Like it doesn't, I don't think it mattered that he was a criminal when he, like he wasn't supposed to die that day. Like period. You know, like I just don't, I don't like that argument when people say that. Like you don't, you don't wish that on anyone. No, but you can literally take that stance in like a variety of ways, right? Like you could, you could use the whole, like you could literally say like, oh, Hitler just did one bad thing. Like he's not, and like, but she's doing the opposite of that, right? She's like, well, look at all these terrible instances. This is a terrible person. We shouldn't be like celebrating them or mourning the fact that they're not here anymore. It's like people, everyone has the right to live. Like if, again, if you're missing that point, like that's the point of all of this, right? That everyone mm-hmm. has to live and not everybody, it's, everyone doesn't have that right until black black lives have that right. I'm curious to know what like her life was like, her background was like, and how she got to be where she is because something, again, like everything else, your experiences define who you are and they make you have the thought process you have. And I'm damn curious to know how all that. Right, and uh, it's, it's good. It's also, it's frustrating for us to listen to this as people that have, you know, clear stances on things. Yeah. But it's also good for us to hear it. <laughs> To see the other perspective, also people need to do that too. Like you, you can't just be biased in like the media that you also choose to consume. Like you have to also watch things like the birth of the nation or like Candace Owens like going off. Like just to see the other side so that you can have a full view of everything. I yeah. think is also and to understand that there is no, there are so many perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. There's a white a white person is gonna have a lot of different like, white people have a lot of different perspectives with asian them. people have a lot of different perspectives on have, this. and black people have a lot of different perspectives in their own and like latinx like there's so many different perspectives because there's so many different walks of life in this country right like there's growing like, as an asian american it's completely different than a white american a black american a, you know latinx american etc cetera, etc cetera. that's the that's why i think like, a native american even yeah, there's a lot about, like, I mean, talk about another, like, literal group of people that have never gotten any. What they deserve? Like, they, this is their land. Like the only, the only reason why I feel like this, like, this, like, a movement like this hasn't happened for, like, Native American populations is because we wiped out so many of them. It's so sad. There's, like, the only reason very why. little of them left. Right. Like, that's literally the only reason why. Um... I was I was on Twitter the other day, as I always am, and um, it was a picture of Native American land, like a reservation, and it was as big as one of the states, I can't remember which state, but the resources that they have within that reservation, they have to drive miles and miles just to get to like a Walmart. Like there's little, like it's literally like you're wiping people out in this country and it's so swept under the rug that you don't even know. It's such a hard line to walk. Um, and I feel like it's a conversation that's uncomfortable and people don't want to talk about enough in saying like, for all the good of this country and all the great things of this country, there are things that are not great and we need to talk about it. And it's not- We're not educated enough. Like, right, but the, the good things are, the bad things are not taking away from the good things. Like, so I know people, I know people who have come to this country from other countries that like from, 
where every, every country. The situation yeah. was unmanageable, and the way that they're able to live while they're in this country, like, it's a complete, like, other end of the spectrum. And, like, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Like, the fact that we're able to offer that to people is amazing, and that's something the that... Fact that yeah, no, the fact that this is still the land of the free, people still come here because it's literally, if you look at Yemen, <laughs> like just the humanitarian, like rights and just freedoms over there are just, a, like, it's gone. Like, there are countries that are like starving children and like the government thinks it's okay, or like they're just like, like in the Philippines right now, um, there's this anti terrorism bill that's like going around that just like, it seems, Okay, caveat, I did read it, and there are parts of it that I agree with, but I know the Philippine government, and they can totally just corrupt the shit out of that bill, and I think that's the point that people want to make. So there are freedoms in other countries that are being compromised because they're corrupt governments, but the fact that those people want to come over here is a testament to, like, this country's still great. Like, I, I don't think that we're disagreeing on that fact. Right. It's just yeah. the systems within this government and within, like, this whole nation or whatever is just fucked. <laughs> yeah. That's something and that's the issue. We need to do better. Agreed. Dang. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You, we, well, America just has to do better. This. I hope that our podcast can be just very blatant in showing our level of like wanting to be allies to people right of like all people right like regardless of race regardless of sexuality whatever yeah. like that all people are welcome here and uh, well let me say let, let me say this you might be a person who doesn't believe in any of those things right who might be against equal rights for people like mm -hmm. i don't know I don't know. Would we say that people who are that are we really welcoming to everybody? I think so. I can be very patient with people when it comes to opposing, to have like having opposing views as me, just because I have the mindset and like this is just me personally. I just have the mindset of like, all right, this person is coming from what they think is good, and I think that if you're coming from somewhere that it's good and you think that's good, like I can't, I can't attack you. <laughs> I just want to hear you out and then say my piece and then we'll just leave it be. So like, I, I'm I think the only place that we draw the line is that you can- Don't attack me. I think the, the, the line I draw is like, I'm telling you my piece because I'm respecting your piece. And like, if you attack me, then like, I can't, like, I can't respect you anymore. Like, that's my whole, I think that's just my whole general thing as a human. I think the only line that we could very clearly draw is to say that if if you are somebody who believes in doing harm to others for any of the reasons that you believe in, then then maybe you're not welcome here. Because <laughs> um, yeah. that's not, like, if we're not, if Maria's statement <coughs> where she says that she doesn't agree with you and she's not going to attack you, then we would expect that same, like, level of... Right, I just, I, I just respect people that just, like, I will respect you if you don't attack me. Like, I'm because I'm not, I, knowing me as a person, I don't ever want to attack people. Anyway, because yeah. I know at the end of the day, like, that's, if that's your belief and you think that that's, you're coming from a place of good, like, that sucks that we have different opinions and I think I'm also right, but, like, I don't know, just don't attack me. Like, that's, that's where I draw the line. It's like, don't, like, if you disrespect me, like, this isn't going anywhere then. Like, the conversation won't go anywhere. Sitting, sitting, I heard Laverne Cox today talk about, like, um, 
just be okay, being okay with sitting in the discomfort. And I think that that's what this whole episode is about. Like, yeah, this is uncomfortable and it's important and we have to be uncomfortable. Or else nothing's going to change. Okay. Talk about supporting. Yeah. Support Black Lives Matter and just everyone around you. All right. Well, please take care of, take care of yourself, take care of each other, um, and keep doing whatever you can to make sure that we move forward. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Be More podcast. Maria and I will be back next week talking about, honestly, we're going to, we're going to be talking about a lot of art. We're going to be talking about expressing and all things that I think we need to talk about right now, like a good note. Um, but we'll see what happens. We have two awesome guests coming on. One of my favorite people from college, who was my college roommate, is joining us um, with her her photography boyfriend. So we're going to talk about their projects, um, and we're talking about art. Great. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>